As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hello and welcome to the prep to pro NBA Draft Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Max Carlin. I'm joined as always by Jake. Jake, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today, Max. How are you? I am excited to record part two of this uh, with, with our pal, PD Webb. PD, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Excited to, to finish this out or, you know, uh, on a different day as we record these every time, you know? <laughs> um, all right. So our, our next... Uh, developmental topic to discuss is physical development. Um, and, and the first guy is, is Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes can't really jump. Um, not that like he has a poor vertical. He doesn't seem to know how to jump. Like he doesn't really go up in the air. Um, PD, what do you think is going on there biomechanically? And like, do you, how correctable do you think it is? What, what are the implications of, of teaching him how to jump? Um, I just think he has really slow load times. Um, he's just not a fast twitch athlete. Again, he's a player who has depended on like being strong, but not necessarily being quick in any like or not having any study suddenness in any real direction, whether that with his handle, with his pop. Like I, I think that on some level, um, it makes it easier to get him into a lineup because he will be a five long-term um, where the shooting and uh, like general quickness is less of a concern. He'll have more time to, to let up for defensive actions. Um, but I think that I'm farther away from him being a wing than I was during the season and a real reversal from like preseason where uh, like initially, I guess like two years ago, I thought that Garuba was much, much closer to being a wing and then after last year i was i was like oh no it's scotty is closer than group and now i'm back to group of being much closer to being a wing than scotty in the league yeah i i just find his like interior play to be so weird because his 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 usage of length as a finisher is unique that he just like reaches over people um he does like it's not it's not like extension finishes or that sort of thing. It's like truly reaching over people, which I think stems from the fact that he can't jump. Um, and then the, the reaching over people has like weird implications in that. I mean, I don't, I don't know that it is, but I think it, it certainly could be related to his, to his poor touch. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I tend to think that there could be some kind of domino effect from, from him improving as a leaper. But but I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just he is a really weird 
leaper and just player on the interior in general. Uh, and, and like you said, like the, given that he kind of is a big man, that is pretty important. Yeah. To, to add about the finishing, it, it's exactly what you put in Max. He is simply just using his length to reach over guys. There's, you don't really see that creativity or body contortion and kind of going around guys. It's kind of just, I'm going to go over top of you and see what happens. So it is really interesting. Um, that's why I think he's probably farther away from being a wing. Like I think in contrast, like PD was saying, in contrast to someone who I've just watched over the past weekend, Matthew Cleveland, who's going to Florida State next year. And of course, comparing him to Scotty is like, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of athleticism. But someone like Matthew Cleveland is a very good leaper, which in turn, and has good length, which in turn allows him to be much more effective at the rim. Scotty's otherworldly, Wingspan kind of gets canceled out a little bit as a finisher because he can't, like you said, Max, get up or be creative or get around the defense and, and things of that nature. Yeah, um, I would say that there's generally three pathways to finishing, um, like or three different styles of finishing. You know, one is primarily flexibility. Um, one is to, um, you know, finish over. Uh, <laughs> sorry, am I still am I still quiet? A, li a little. Okay, I can just retake that and then have him cut that out if you want. Yeah, yeah, if you could. Um, how about now? Yeah, you sound better now. Okay. Um, it's weird. I'm like way more on top of it than I was before. Yeah, yeah, um, you're 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 much louder now. Okay. Um. So I think that there's of the the pathways of finishing that are available to Scotty. Um, he doesn't have flexibility, so that eliminates the, the sort of around methodology. And through isn't necessarily something that's available to him in, in close quarters because it's entirely extension-based. He can't explode through contact. Um, so he's going to either have to be a very technical finisher or be a very situational finisher. And I think that it's easier to see a world where he short rolls and it hits like little baby floaters of the, the four to eight Um foot variety than it is to see him as as somebody who can uh contort themselves and, and get it finishes with some english on it to me that's too many developments in too short of a time and while like scotty barnes is one of my favorite players to watch and and to just enjoy the scotty barnes experience uh in terms of rotations and, and his ability to problem solve um it's going to be difficult to build four-man lineups around him that put as much uh playmaking and uh in his general deficiencies to like pack into an offensive lineman because he is um, both a dramatic uh, statistical negative, but also a dramatic tactical negative where teams are really going to have to think about how they wanted to play him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Jake, did you want to talk a little bit about uh, strength gain for a couple of guys and how that could be a, a high leverage development? Yeah. So I added Moses Moody to the list in, in strength gain and the driving force of this is something we've talked about on air and off air is his footwork is beyond impressive, both off the catch, off the bounce. He has a little bit of a signature move that he's gone to a couple times in pre-college film that I watched in Arkansas, where it's the spin pullback into a, directly into a step back. And again, like he doesn't, it's not very easy for him to create a ton of separation because he is rather limited as an athlete. However, this super technical footwork allows him to make up for it in some instances and allows him to get to spots and get in rhythm. So 
what I'm kind of wondering is if Moody is a- allowed or enabled to gain some strength, which would allow him to take hits, take bumps, and not necessarily just get bumped off of a spot the second he feels something at the point of attack. I'm wondering if that could, and I think it's it's my hunch that it could lead to, you know, a surge in shot making because he's able to get to more spots and leverage that footwork into some space creation. And his mechanics are very versatile and very fluid with that sort of one motion jumper he has going. And yeah, it, but I do think it does start with the strength gain. I think he's very similar to Zaire Williams. And I think Zaire kind of gets the majority of the attention in terms of un, like unfinished athletes and it, how it hinders their current game. But I think Moody is also kind of in the same boat. So I think that him and Zaire are two different sides of the same coin in terms of strength gains. Um, I think that of Zaire is somebody who lacks strength, but has balance. And I think of Moody as somebody who uh, uh, has the strength, but has none of the balance. Um, he in a lot, like his footwork is, can be at times balletic. And then he will also like fall down uh, while landing on a jumper. Um, I say this as leader of the Moody mafia. That's always been why I, I, I bet on him was like, he's a really good shooter. He just doesn't know how to land yet. And I realized that, it, no, it was that he has a really difficult time with contact, not because he's not particularly strong, because like when you see him on defense, he can, he can put up a fight. It's the finding a better center of gravity, uh, being able to hold position. These um, these gyroscopic activities are things that are extremely difficult for, for him. He's gotten dramatically better in the three years, three and a half years that I've been watching him now. But it's still going to be a battle um, long term, whereas Zaire to me is just a classic case of like skinny guy that needs flexibility and, and general strength gains. Or with Moody, there's a little bit uh, of a more difficult process because balance is is more of a, an internal process rather than like some, a drill you can just do over and over again, where like, it's like, you need to work on stretching your hamstrings guy. The wait is finally over. Football was in full effect and the NBA is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at bet online. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you've been looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchased before they're sent to you, so you can confidently shop knowing your pair's the real deal. For sneaker sellers out there, eBay has estimated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com sneakers today. Who put uh, Nishan Highland on the on the? I did. Uh, I, I feel like it's really straightforward. You want you want uh, to get into it? Quickly? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Bones uh, just needs some weight. Um, he got to the rim more. The shot making is uh, absolutely and completely ludicrous. Um, it's you know the the volume and the uh, like shot quality uh, stand out um, in that like they're difficult shots. He's taking a lot of them and they're going in. Um, just the ability for him to put on as much weight as possible. He's never going to be uh, particularly bulky, but just can he withstand, uh, you know, perimeter defense from 
bigger threes who can stick with him, having those counters, getting you know, upping the free throw rate. These are things to me that seem really straightforward, like uh, where Zaire, there is a flexibility component with, with Bones. It's just figuring out how much he can put onto his frame and without losing any of the uh, elasticity that he has. Yeah, on the topic of flexibility, um, Joe and Johnson, you know, can we can we find a way to get some some you know pliability in in his hips at all? Like, if you're looking for a, for a way to make him more explosive downhill, more viable, um, moving laterally and uh, and turning. Like, is, is that something that's, that's doable? Um, I mean, can, can you, PD, can you think of any examples of guys who, who got like markedly more flexible in the NBA? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's about where the flexibility arises. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's been a very good tracker with skinny guys and posterior chains. Like, um, I think one of the most dramatic ones is, uh, is Brandon Ingram, um, who is a, uh, I would say, extremely inflexible player. In, in high school and then during his, his short time at Duke now has like, I wouldn't say incredible wiggle, but like the, his ability to slink is so much more gained because there's just less tightness um, through those hamstrings. Uh, hips are funny. Um, it can be a little bit more difficult because sometimes there's, there's imbalances that are represent are why there's inflexibility. Um, and like at a certain point, it's just difficult to ask a, a six foot nine built guy to be also super flexible. Like at a certain point, you're you're betting on like a sliver of the human population to also do something that's like very just like non-representative. Um, I think that he's going to get better in time, but like I think hip flexibility for somebody that size with that particular build is kind of difficult thing to ask for. Yeah, no, that makes sense for sure. Um, all right, the next category that we have is. Uh, sort of like a conceptual understanding that, that we talked about with, with Henry uh, back a couple of weeks ago, approach, feel, that sort of thing. Um, and the first guy that we have is, is, is Trey Mann. Jake, you want to talk through the Trey Mann thing a bit? Yeah, so I brought up Trey Mann to you over text a couple of days ago. And something with Trey Mann is what we talked about in one of our first episodes, which was this idea of reactive passing versus proactive passing and whether you're driving, drawing help and making the adequate decision because of what's given to you or are you genuinely moving the defense whether it be with your eyes or ball fakes and all you know the different types of ways we discussed with Trey Mann he's somewhat in the middle right now I'm not comfortable saying he's a legit proactive passer and he still misses a few too many windows for my liking as someone who has the ball as much as he does however he is very reactive and very functional as a passer especially off the lab dribble with both hands. And in the games I've watched later in the season, as he's progressed, I've seen him, he's not necessarily opening windows, but I'll say that he's holding them. And he does that usually with no looks. And it's, my question would be now that he's taken that mini step from strictly reactive to somewhat not toying with the defense, but somewhat moving them with his eyes is it feasible that we could see him take that next step into becoming a fully manipulative, proactive passer? I do think with him, and, and maybe PD will get into this a bit more after, but I do think that there's there's like an approach aspect to it as well, that like Trey Mann is very much a scoring guard and he's trying to score at all times. Like he's trying to break guys down either to get to the rim or to floaters or usually to, to pull up jumpers. Um, 
And like if by accident or not by accident, but it, you know, if as a consequence of that attempt to score, the defense concedes passing windows, Trey Mann, like you said, can hold them and execute on them with really good functionality with his ability to pass off a live dribble and, and with his super smooth transition from, from dribble to pass. But it doesn't feel like he's getting to specific spots with the purpose of opening something. Like Sharif Cooper, David Johnson, these guys get to specific spots because they know the cause and effect is that's going to open this passing window. It, it, it doesn't feel like that's the approach with man. Um, I don't know that it ever will be. But no, you know, no, kind of, kid, what I'm going to say is I, I fully agree with you. I fully agree with you. That isn't the approach by any means right now. The point of the question I would guess I'm sort of trying to pose is given that we can all agree it isn't his approach right now, yet he's still able to make these somewhat nuanced reads. My question would be, is that something we should just take for what it is and move on? Or is it something worth extrapolating into future development is basically what I'm getting at. That's a, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, that's the, the hundred million dollar question at this point, because like if Trey man, if you believe that like Trey man is actually the, this version of Trey man is actually the worst one because he has the least understanding of how to win simple. Then like, there's an argument to have Trey man extraordinarily high in this draft. Um, my issue is like in, in part one, we talked about like scheming guys to weakness like that, you know, you don't want to have two super left-handed guys if you're running a two-guard offense at the two-guard spots because it's difficult to, to find um, passes that will help both at the same time. And, like, with Trey Mann, I just get the feeling that, like, he struggles to make simple reads and win simply, and a lot of time he makes the wrong decision and it turns out well. So, like, he has an opening to his left and he drives right, then he, you know, has a two-piece combo and then comes back to his left and it's open because the handle is so nice. And I struggle to understand where that comes from because to me, it seems like a pretty obvious read and maybe in a scheme where like maybe in the league where you can't get away with that, he'll focus that down. Um, I think that this is schematically, I think that it is schematically feasible and organizationally feasible to make those first reads happen faster. I just don't think that there's going to be a hundred percent translation of the separation. So that's why I might be a little bit lower than Trey man on Trey man than others, just because like, I think that the the the, the former will happen that he will be able to make those reads quicker and to get into a place where he is uh, challenging all five pieces of the cohesive defense, not just man one on one. But I also think that the the passing flashes that he has will be lesser, and the creation flashes will be lesser within that five man context. PD, what does it look like organizationally and schematically forcing him to be more simple? Um, I think that it, it it would be in a in a two guard setup, or you know, giving him um, you know a screen that's tilted one way and saying, "This is what is going to happen if they're in ice. These are the reads that are going to happen basically every single time. Here's your window on the first dribble. Here's your window on the second dribble. Here's your window on the third dribble. And just drilling these basic reads home. I mean, like, look, every time that you're in this coverage, these three things will be there. Um, because a lot of times, like his, I think a lot of his best moments come like extemporaneously where he's added a dribble into a set or like a rotation is sort of frozen and he struggles at, at holding all five people on a string at the same point. Um, I think that that's possibly, it's just harder. The more of a focus we've talked about, this, I think the words, the more of a focus uh, a guy is on offense, the harder it is to drill in little things or it's so much easier when a guy is 
you know, in a Jaden McDaniels type role where it's like, these are the things you're doing. If you do them well, you get more um, than it is to say like, okay, you're playing 40 minutes. We would like you to focus on these five things. Like that's a lot to ask for a teenager or a 20 year old or a 21 year old to be able to do. So then, I mean, it could be a situation that, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to cost a, a top five pick to, to invest in, in Trey man. It could that you, you see that as beneficial then that, you know, he could be, looking at, go, at going later to a team that could deploy him in limited minutes alongside another accomplished creator. Okay. I don't necessarily think that like limited minutes is sort of part of the thing. Like you can play somebody in a lot of minutes, but in a more concise role, I think the difficulty is when, you know, they are the offense unto themselves and they have to just like, like, I guess you could point to like what Kevin Porter jr. Was doing in the G league as like, Kevin Porter Jr. wasn't there to like work on a role. It was like, okay, expand your game. A lot of times it can feel that way for young guys. If they're like a top three pick and they're the offense, suddenly they it's hard to work on little things. I think that any team that can get him into a secondary or tertiary role, regardless of the minutes, that he can work on certain reads, that he can uh, work on keeping a defense in check and that advantage will be created for him. So it's like, well, you lost this advantage. When you're going through the film, it's like, yeah, you scored, but, or yeah, good things happened, but that you an advantage was created for you and you lost, whether it's through a pick and pop or, you know, a DHO or whatever. So I think that for him, especially like falling could be really vital. And like, I've generally been a proponent of guys falling because second contract money is so much better than first contract money. And like, who cares if you go top five, if, you know, if some guy, you know, goes 15 and, and he gets the, the max in year seven or whatever. It's, it is a marathon in that way. Like he's the guy I think would most benefit in that, like top conversation of falling um, because there's a lot of circumstances that would make a lot of sense for him in a long-term development. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect and the NBA is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. From rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you've been looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, a team of independent professional authenticators perform a rigorous inspection of the sneakers you purchase before they're sent to you, so you can confidently shop knowing your pair is the real deal. For sneaker sellers out there, eBay has estimated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. With other sites taking as much as 25%, you're going to have a lot of extra money left for more sneakers. Check out ebay.com sneakers today. Uh, Jake, anything to add on, on Trey Mann? No. I mean, I got everything that I wanted to say, and I definitely think PD made some valid points that I certainly agree with. Cool. Then we're good to move on to Jonathan Kaminga, who you know, ha- has a lot of physical abilities to work with and has moments of um, being overwhelming, I think, physically and, and from, from a skill standpoint. But definitely has approach issues um doesn't doesn't really have much developed in the way of, of counters uh so pd how, how do you go about making kuminga maybe like um having a more malleable approach uh and, and sort of developing 
a better feel, not, not for necessarily reading the court, but for like reading situations and how to you know, apply himself and his skills. I think there is a danger in being a prospect like Jonathan Kuminga um, because there's not naturalistic consequences to making mistakes. Um, like if some, if Kuminga takes the wrong move, like if he's driving and somebody's leaning a little bit left and he goes between the legs behind the back, he can still close that gap because he's so physical because he's so explosive because he has a, like a good understanding of driving angles. And that way he gets a hip at the, at the right level a lot. Um, and so like, even in the G league, there were times where like, he would make the wrong read and it would work out just because like, he's so talented. Um, so I think that part of guys like who come into his category and like Jalen Brown is sort of like this, I think it was exasperated by going to Cal where like he was like teams could just load up against him specifically. And I think that numbed his numbers quite a bit where if he had gone to, um, a, a different fit circumstance, I would never slander the university of California Berkeley like that. But, um, if he had been gone to a better fit where he was a little bit less offensive load, he could probably have uh, looked a little bit better. I think with Kuminga in a circumstance where there are like guys who can hang with him in the league, when he makes mistakes, there will be a naturalistic consequence. Cause like, uh, you know, a guy like OG can get that shot. Uh, you know, there's going to be players who will beat him to spots and are as strong if not stronger. So I think that part of this is just the exposure to um, players who have a, uh, the mixture of physicality and the understanding of angles and uh, a team defense behind them where the simple solution often doesn't work. And you have to make the smart, simple solution every single time. Yeah. It, the, I think that the Jalen Brown like example is, is relevant because you're talking about a guy who's undergone like the most incredible skill development ever. Um, but approach issues still crop up. And so that, so like, you know, if he, is in an isolation at the top of the key. Like, I think it's, it's the, the, the jab left rip attack, right. That he kind of does all the time. Or maybe, maybe it's the reverse of that. Um, and sometimes it's like, you know, very much not what the situation calls for. Like, that's not how you should be attacking that defender. And it just, it can work. It can just work anyway, because he's an extraordinarily explosive player. But like, sometimes it's also going to happen that you're, you're not, you're, you know, you're not doing what the defense is, is like, requiring of you to beat them and you're going to get ripped or, or someone's going to beat you a spot and it's going to be an easy charge. Um, and those are just, those are limiters. Uh, and, it, and it's evidently something that's, that's really hard to, to address, like to, to get this approach to change, to get the, this understanding of when to apply these, these skills and physical abilities, even if you actually have them, which is a like huge bar to clear, but you then have to know how to apply them. Yeah. And honestly, for me, my biggest critique with, Kaminga and this reared its head, especially in the G League bubble, and was a concern coming into the pre-draft year, is the sort of domino effect that these lack of counters have on his game and approach. It's initially, I'm going to try to get downhill, I'm going to give you a shoulder drop, and either you're going to go flying and I'm going to be able to finish through you, or I'm going to get stripped or called for a charge. And the, the possessions that follow with that are if the drive and the shoulder drop aren't working, we've seen him settle for these pull-up mid-range jumpers or pull-up threes. And while he's somewhat capable as a shooter and it's not a horrendous shot, it's more of the thought process that it showcases where it's basically like, look, my initial move at the rim wasn't working. So instead of going with a Euro step or going with a spin move or showing you a ball fake when I get to the rim, I'm just going to abort that completely and kind of put myself in this wing 
pull-up shooter, get mine off the bounce rule, which is kind of counterintuitive of the type of player he can be and the impact that he can bring as a super freak athlete in terms of strength on the wing. But, you know, those the lack of counters certainly rears its head at the rim. And then what I kind of have this big fear of is the domino effect that follows. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I worry what, what follows for him when the sort of like, when the rigid approach that he has doesn't work because what he falls back on is usually not good. Like he's usually proceeds to then not make very good decisions. Uh, and get himself into precarious spots, which tends not to end well. Um, should we move on to to PD wants to wants to group Alperin Sengun and Cam Thomas? The very very natural grouping. Uh, PD, do you want to, you want to get into why you're grouping those two players? Yeah, um, to me they are um, the same problem presented in positionally opposite uh, um, uh, ends of the spectrum. Um, both of them are offense presenting uh, prospects. Uh, both of them are probably best murdering second units and uh, are best having to like not be exposed to like huge defensive liability. Um, that also allows for huge usage. Um, Cam and, and, and Segun are like uh, statistical outliers in production considering their age and their uh, experience level. And to me, that you, there's sort of two pathways you could take with players like this is you sort of like try to fit them into a starting lineup where you're getting none of the offensive explosion really because they're on a smaller usage, but you're also exposing them to, to defensive liability. Or you can make them second units, second unit stars, give them dramatic usage. They only have to guard second unit guys. And you can really craft where and when and how you use them. You know, you can run them off whatever actions you want. Um, there's a little bit more... Uh, allowance for inefficiency problems there's not the natural uh like type of guy that gives them trouble um and i think that 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 second way of of immediately using them as as primaries on a second unit or you know uh, in however uh like in against against sort of like the the soft spot of a defense uh, makes a lot of sense to me and I think has a ton of value for teams that are capable of deploying it that way. Obviously, it requires buy-in from the players. It requires buy-in from pretty much everybody. Um, This is an extremely valuable thing. Like, Lou Williams has had a career, um, and Escantor has had a career. Like, we don't – there's a joke about his defense, but, like, against the right matchup in the playoffs, like, that dude will just rollick on points. Um, I think that – for teams that do need second unit scoring and can and has like the organizational continuity to pitch and cash in on this vision. Um, this is a category of player that I think is, is an interesting value proposition. Yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting because like the the two extremes of the positional spectrum are kind of where, where I feel like the bucket getter who bleeds points defensively is like most vulnerable because you're, you know, as a big like Sangoon, you're very targetable. Like you can literally just put him in a ball screen every single play. And then with Thomas, you can, you can do the same thing. Or then if he, if, you know, if there are attempts to hide him off the ball, you're then, you know, compromising your, your team defense um, by virtue of having a guy who's, who's not particularly involved or, or reliable as well as, as having the size advantage. So it's not like, you know, if, I mean, that's why if you're, if you're a six, seven bucket getter, you know, you're a, you're a superstar prospect. Um, 
Whereas with these guys, like you can be this, and they are like historically productive players uh, for their age and competition level. And, and it just, the, when you reach a certain level of defensive flammability, it just exposes you so badly in terms of your lineup construction. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a ton to add. I haven't personally seen Sangoon, and Cam Thomas is sort of an interesting case as a prospect to me. And if I'm going to get behind him, it's going to have to be in the role that PD sort of carved out, which is as this second unit microwave king. And you're because my biggest issue with Cam Thomas, honestly, is the ball stopping and how he gets his buckets. I think in terms of comparing to like other people on draft Twitter, I might be a quote unquote drafter or whoever you want to quantify that group as I think I might be more, a little bit more open to the guy who can get a ton of buckets off the bounce in a variety of ways, but at some, it's only to an extent. And at some point with cam, the a button has to start working again and the defense has to be somewhat salvageable, but it all starts with his role within the context of an offense. And that's the sort of hurdle that I can't get over with him. See, the funny thing is though, is that everyone's in on that player if they're good enough at it. It's just these, these guys are, are like really interesting demonstrations of how good you have to be at these things. Like, you know, you're talking about guys that are, that are like historically good and it, it's not even necessarily the case that they're good enough. Yeah, Sengu's really interesting to me because it's like, what what does what does the like small in height, um, really immobile, uh, big man have to be as a prospect? Like built around their offense, what do they have to be to be like an elite prospect? Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis. Go green with solar panels or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's home equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. See, I, that's, that's a question that I think we'll eventually get to as like some of these contradictions get heightened. But I think that um, part of the like competent wing, like rush just to get as many wings as possible is that there are lineups where like bad, like physically unimposing wings are on the floor and they are the, the tag man. And you, if you have the right big man to just spam a pick and roll where you just keep feeding them for like six foot dump offs, like there are buckets to be had. And like my issue with, with cam is that like, I think that there are times where you can get like extraordinary value out of cam, especially if it were like a, a, a team that needed second unit punch. It was like a playoff team wanted like extreme rookie value. I would suggest like trading up for cam or, or, you know, figuring out what you have to do to get him. The problem is that like on a, on a team that maybe would pick him that high, that was bad. Like he's not particularly useful. Like he's, he is one of those players that like is sort of the pitch for like for Cal Bridges where it's like on a good team, he's extraordinarily valuable and on a bad team, he's nothing, but it's just a little bit less comfortable because it requires a buy-in from the player to be like, look, unfortunately, like you're probably not going to be an NBA star, but Lou Williams made $75 million in his on-court career, not counting off-court stuff. And he did not have this cap. You could make roughly that much money in your career. All you have to do is keep scoring and you have to go off the bench. Like to me, as, as like, as a person who I think aligns with players a lot, like, uh, or who empathizes with players a lot more, it can be difficult to be like, yeah, this guy's a bench guy, but like there are teams that need scoring punches on the second unit and that will win play if you can get him in the right environment that will win playoff games i'm a little less sold on sengun because like the translation bugs me and he's in a he's in a uh he's in a league that doesn't have like the type of guy who's going to give him problems which is like my test for how good a league is is like is the guy who bugs you in there and so i'm a little less sold but like cam thomas is a guy where it's like like if you were to like philly can't use cam thomas that's not a place that would just be like that's not worth two two playoff wins yeah, there there are teams that there are always teams that can use off the dribble creation. It, I, good, there are always good teams that can use off the dribble creation. And the good uh, teams have, uh, like the you know the the, the Mitchell quote that, that I talk about a lot. It's like when you get to the league and, and James Harden James Harden's going to say get off the ball. Joel Embiid's going to say give me the ball. Like in an environment where you have bona fide stars, it's a lot easier to to tell a rookie that like, hey, you only have to make one adjustment, it's not two. Like your usage won't go down, but you're going to come off the bench. Where if you pick them high suddenly like you're going to have to make some changes to them. And suddenly you're losing the thing that makes them special in exchange for sort of working around them. And at that point, you're not, we're not operating with the same value proposition. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a, a tough, like psychological situation to, to navigate. Um, are you guys ready to move on to, to spotlight skill? Uh, I'm good with me. Okay. Uh, Jake, did you at, do you have Davion? Is that you? Yeah, I have Davion. Yeah, you want to knock that out first? Yep. So this isn't exactly new news, but it's something that 
I, I haven't watched a ton of like film in the past couple of days on my computer, just been kind of overwhelmed with some college stuff, but I was able to watch the actual Sweet 16, Elite Eight, and Final Four games. And Davion Stansell Burst was just an incredible asset in those games. And as someone who had previously struggled to make nuanced playmaking reads, him blowing by his point of attack defender so smoothly and easily and causing just incredible rotations. I, I've seen him make some skip passes that I really was not expecting to see. And it's all a byproduct of that standstill burst. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out to him there. Uh, still kind of weeding out where he fits on the positional spectrum. But if there's one thing I know for certain, it's that he's an absolute nutty athlete. Yeah, Davion from a, a burst and uh, change of direction, stop, start. Uh, he's explosive. He's really, really explosive. Um, my guy is is, uh, is Santi Aldama. Um, played played for uh, Loyola Maryland in the Patriot League. Um, not a high level of competition, but Aldama's patience as a help defender and his discipline as a help defender. Uh, are really, really exceptional. The, the one thing that I, that I kind of question is, you know, to what extent is he enabled um, in, in his, you know, having length and having an ability to, to cover ground at that level that is adequate. But um, I definitely wonder if that's still going to be the case once everything is happening much, much, much faster uh, and we could honestly, we could do an entire episode on the context in which Aldama is playing because it, it's very interesting uh, for a whole host of reasons. But the, the patience as a help defender is like currently a really, really strong attribute, I would say. Uh, and it contributes a lot to his defensive impact at Loyola. Um, but I, I, it just, I think it just presents interesting questions in terms of translation. Uh, PD, did you you wanted to finish this off with uh, with some uh, Josh Giddy talk? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess this will this will be my uh, my spotlight skill and also my plug at the same time. Um, so uh, I've been watching a bunch of Josh Giddy for a project I have coming up, and um, to me, he is the most interesting prospect in this class. Um, both from like a how does this translate perspective and also like watching his NBL games as an experience. Uh, he is a technically proficient defender who seems to never make, like doesn't seem to make impact plays commensurate with his positioning. Um, he is uh, a player who understands the mechanics of offense and the expectations of where he needs to uh, place his drives, place his passes, um, and like when he is needed to shoot at a level that is uh, extremely advanced, uh, he knows where his advantage needs to come from. He knows where the defenders are going to rotate. Um, and he also just like has a willingness to attempt just insane passes. Uh, there are some, some skips. There are some, uh, some duck-ins. There's, there's a lot of stuff that uh, is pretty eye-popping in addition to him being a developmental shooter that, uh, I would say makes for makes him the most interesting player in this class. Um, so uh, I am hosting a Twitch event uh, on the 14th at 9 p.m. Eastern, where uh, 
live with the help of a guest, we'll be breaking down a, uh, a, a full game of Josh Giddy to talk about what I see on film, um, what, what I look for, uh, breaking down the sets that are run, breaking down um, the historical development, breaking down micro skills, um, breaking down sort of comparative elements um, uh, that, that I think uh, has never really been done where it's like, this is, this is the process of, of, of doing this and uh, would appreciate if, or I think that anyone who is a fan of this podcast would, uh, would get something out of it. Oh yeah, we're gonna be aggressively sharing that because it's, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, sounds like it should be an exciting guest as well. Um, so I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, and it, it's, it seems like it, like it should be a, like, like new, a genuinely new form of, of content uh, in this space, which is pretty cool. All right, I think um, that'll probably do it for, for part two. Uh, PD, thank you so much for, for coming on, taking the time. Uh, everyone, please please check out that uh, the live stream. Um, I can't remember what, what day you said that it is, but I, I'm sure you'll be plugging it at Above the Break 3 on Twitter. Uh, we'll be sharing it and plugging it. Uh, Jake at Jake in the Paint, me at Max A. Carlin. Uh, maybe we'll even toss a retweet from the pod account, the very, the very, very active uh, prep to pro at, at uh, prep to pro pod at, at Twitter. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we'll be, you know, get, get, getting on there and, and, uh, and, and, and mobilizing our massive audience to, to watch your, your, uh, your live broadcast. Um, anything else, anyone? Um, oh, I actually have something to like half plug. I can't fully give it away right now. I'm not sure if it'll be public by the time this pod gets posted, but I have an exciting announcement to share. Um, it'll be on my Twitter. It's, I can't really, it's hard to explain it without getting into like what it actually is. But what I'll say is just stay tuned. Um, have an exciting opportunity coming up that, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Just stay tuned to my Twitter and hopefully you guys enjoy that when it comes about. All right. I think with that, we're done. Thank you guys for listening. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.